Hello, everyone, and welcome to this crossover episode of The Rugged Gospel and Lee and Gabriel at the Crossroads. Welcome to the Crossroads, and it's pretty rugged out here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good to be with you guys again. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty awesome conversation, but at the same time, it's going to be a a very touchy one and a very, uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's a pretty heavy conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So we wanted to sit down and see what we can share some of our thoughts and opinions, right? Yeah, and this is all due to the recent news of SB 145 that it looks like it's going to pass in California. I believe it went through the Senate, state Senate, and now it has to go through the House for California, I believe. Um, I'm, I think so. Let's see. Yeah, I think it's the... Uh, so it said pass in the Senate on August 31st. Yeah. So... I think it actually is on its way to Being to signed. Newsom's yeah. uh, desk yeah, to right. be signed or vetoed. Right. So, so we're that's where it's at. It's basically in the hands of Governor Newsom, who literally has his own family. So we'll see how he reacts to reacts that. to it, but also how he determines where his values stand as it relates to his personal life. But also because obviously he's a governor and he's a he governs a. We we would say a more progressive state, so it's gonna be hard to. I w- I wouldn't want to be in his shoes because of just kind of the corner he put himself into. So, I mean, to me, it's easy, but I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna find out soon enough. That's true, and I mean, I think him as a as a governor, like I know if 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 I was in in the shoes of like a governor or something like that, I think it would be pretty pretty hard to be in making like these decisions and really signing off on on these kind of bills and just putting myself in there like i'm just like man but as, at the end of the day you know at least with this with this specific bill i think it's almost uh he has a family like you said so i think it goes down to that you know yeah that's what it comes down to we can let's see we can get a little bit into the bill itself um so it's SB 145, as you mentioned. It says sex offenders, um, as it relates to registration, this was um, introduced by Senator Weiner. That's not a joke. <laughs> um, I believe his full, I forget his full name now. Um, we could look at it real quick. Scott Weiner, uh, he's a Democrat um, senator or assembly, assembly, assembly man, member. Um, assembly member uh, from San Francisco, which is where Governor Newsom was from as well. So that could play a part in this decision-making. Um, it was introduced to um, by Senator Weiner in January of last year. So just a little over a year, and, and we're at the point where Newsom might end up signing it into law. And essentially what it's doing, it's, it's making an uh, amendment to, and I hate all this, but it's fine, but sections 290 and then 290.006 of the penal code relate or, penal code relating to sex offenders um so they're making some amendments as it relates to what is the lgbt um community or mm-hmm. um, that's the members. angle that it's supposed right. to right. bring equality to those offenders who are um, straight oriented and those who are of a different orientation sexually so we can we can read a little bit about where he comes from i have a little 
I guess, a press release from him. Sure. Um, Go for it. Just to give us a little bit more context. So it says here, um, today, Senator Scott Wiener, um, San Francisco, introduced bill, Senate Bill 145 to end blatant discrimination against LGBT young people regarding California sex offender registry. Currently, for consensual yet illegal sexual relations between a teenager age 15 and over and a partner within 10 years of age, so that would be um, 24, I believe. That would be within the 10 years. So a 15-year-old and a 24-year-old. Sexual intercourse, which would, would be like vaginal intercourse, does not require the offender to go onto the sex offender registry. Rather, the judge decides based on the facts of the case whether sex offender registration is warranted or unwarranted. By contrast, for other forms of intercourse, specifically oral and anal intercourse, sex offender registration is mandated under all situations with no judicial discretion. This distinction in the law, which is irrational at best, disproportionately targets LGBT young people for mandatory sex offender registration since LGBT people usually cannot engage in vaginal intercourse, for example, if an 18-year-old straight man has vaginal intercourse with his 17-year-old girlfriend, he is guilty of a crime, but he is not automatically registered, required to register as a sex offender. Instead, the judge will decide based on the facts of the case whether registration is warranted. By contrast, if an 18-year-old gay man has sex with a 17-year-old boyfriend, the judge must place him on on the sex offender registry no matter what the circumstances. Um, I can go into more, but yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, starting point. Yeah. It's it's definitely a lot. I think, um, I don't know, you guys saw, like, I recently posted something on, on, on my page, and pretty much, like, it was very just basic. I didn't want to go, like, I you know, 20 pages of, like, right, you know, yeah. but there's a lot of, like I said, details to it, but it was pretty much, like, an overview of, of what it was, and um, there was definitely a lot of feedback. There's definitely a lot of feedback, um, some for sure positive feedback and some negative feedback and some feedback saying like it it was more for the LGBT community and, you know, the all the different things. But I don't know, for, for me, the reason like why I did post it was when I read into it, I did read both sides of it. And for me, it was just that just the bill itself for me had too many loopholes. I think that's what it like as it has to do with minors. Like, I don't think there should be any loophole, you know, and I know laws can have loopholes here and there. And like, they're not perfect laws, but as it betrays to kids or minors, like, I think it should be very, very like um, detailed, you know, and very, very looked into before passing anything. And yeah, but a little over a year, right? It's, it was rejected 15, over a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it didn't take that long for them to get this through. And amidst everything that's going on right now, it's like, how does that even happen? Right. And the fact that we talked about earlier that the media, there's no articles about this. There's no discussion that's happening around this. I mean, it's just it's just happening. And I think it goes into the fact that obviously we do live in California. It's a little bit more progressive, a little bit more open to um differing sexualities and whatnot but i think i mean we can we have to get into all of that and it's a very nuanced conversation to be had but i think as it relates to like pedophilia um i mean there's there's a lot going on with that right now as mm-hmm. we see there's been a bunch of raids and 
kids are being um, recovered essentially. So you have, I mean, for anyone that has a, a has young kids and you know, you don't want any harm to come to them. And mm-hmm. as it relates to like sexuality, that's such a, a intimate and sensitive subject that I mean, if you think about a lot of sexual assault cases, it happens with those that are familiar with the, the children themselves. I think it's like one one out of three. It was someone they knew. Close proximity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's definitely there's a, there's that. I mean, we haven't even, we haven't even um, solved that problem itself, right? And then you look into like mixed families where it's like the mother in law and the father in law. Um, step sorry, parents. Step parents, rather. Yeah. So there's that whole discussion to be had. But then, excuse me. But then you have, I mean, I've never really personally, like, I wouldn't say I'm like against gay people or against trans people or against like anybody, really. What do you mean by against? As in, like, more specific. How do I say this? I don't. I don't judge people's decisions. Like, I'm not. I'm not a person that's gonna like think about what they do or Mm -hmm. why they're doing it. Right. Hmm. Like, I've had conversations with with gay people, and I don't think about that. Like, I just think about them as the person and like how they treat me and how they treat other people. You understand that's one facet of their personality right. of it, it doesn't make are. up who they are. Right. So mm-hmm. for me it's never been that big of a deal in a sense. But then now recently, of course, as I'm diving deeper into scripture and, and understanding God's law and God's um ordinances um that that's a different topic. That's a different you know, if if someone were to ask me what I think, well I can point to what God's law is and that's a different, to me, that's a different conversation. Different wheelhouse or different yeah. language. It's exactly. definitely like a whole other conversation that we yeah. can have on just yeah. that. But uh, I don't know, I guess just to bring it back a little bit into like the actual like bill, I did want to just mention like just a little bit about it. And um, I guess to make it a little bit more, I guess, clear, right? Um, so it's pretty much like according to like just the bills, I guess, language, like it says except it's pretty much like an exempt from mandatory registration um under the act a person convicted of certain offenses involving minors if the person is not more than 10 years older than the minor right um and if the that that offense is the only one requiring the person to register so pretty much like i, I know you you pretty much read the whole thing earlier but it's pretty much like what they're trying to say and kind of what goes into what you were talking about about the LGBT community right now is that it's not fair, right? So it's not fair for the LGBTQ community um, to have that there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much like, uh, I know we were talking about earlier about the whole um, judge having pretty much the say on it, which is pretty much what the this SB 145 does is that it gives... Uh, the judge pretty much has to say on it. Um, but I was reading like, um, I was reading something the other day about it. And it was pretty much saying like, I guess you put a point into like, why putting in a new bill instead of just fixing the one that was already in place. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a, it's already a bad law, whether or not it's, it's uh, the punishment is a little bit more harsher for people that, you know, that are, 
LGBTQ in that community. It's just a bad law in general, right? Like we were, uh, we were saying like, why 10 years? Like, what's the, what's the point of that? Because for me, if I'm looking at it, it's like, well, this just looks like the floodgates are about to be open and it's a slippery slope. Like eventually someone's going to push, well, let's, let's uh, try 15 years or, oh, let's, you know, make it 20 or what have Mm -hmm. you. And, and then, you know, it's going to turn into, there's, like you said, there's more and more details involved. There's more nuances involved with, with each, obviously each case. But as far as like, well, we're now, we're now we're blurring the lines. What's Mm -hmm. statutory rape? What's considered consent of a minor? Mm -hmm. And how does that factor in with parents? Yeah. Parent guardian, their rights, their responsibility. Yeah. And I guess like also something that was like mentioned too, it's like, because right now, if let's say a 17 year old, right. Um, man sleeps with a, or like a, a, a an overage guy, right? Sleeps with an underage girl. Let's say that she's seventeen and he's eighteen. Um, if you go to a judge, like th- he doesn't have to be registered as a sex offender, mm-hmm. as opposed to if it was a guy and a guy having sexual intercourse, and with the, one guy was seventeen and the other guy was eighteen, then they do have to register right. as a sex offender. Yeah, so. That is why this whole law was pretty much like brought up. That's what it comes down to. And that's what it came really down to. Yeah. Um, So I guess that's where they were saying that it wasn't fair for the LGBTQ community. That's, you know, what do you guys think about that? I mean, for me, like I said, the whole 10 year gap thing doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because I can fathom or I can understand, although I not advocating for it or endorsing it. I can understand a high school junior having a relationship with a high school freshman, you know, and a year goes by, a year and a half goes by or whatever. And, you know, he or she turns 18 and, and the other person in the relationship is still considered a minor. I mean, you can establish a history, right? You can establish like there was consent. It was a consensual relationship between the two or what have you, but, at the same time, I mean, like Gabriel was saying earlier, like we're talking about a 15-year-old and a 24-year-old. Like that's – there's no way that's ever like an appropriate setting or an appropriate relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, just something that I really want to mention before we move on to, to whatever else we're going to talk about. Um, I was reading something and it said, give this point. And I thought it was very like interesting, kind of like when I was mentioning about um, – fixing the law that was already there. It says, why not rather amend existing law to include vaginal intercourse with a minor as an act that requires mandatory sex offender registration? You're making it equal in that case. Exactly. You're making it equal and not having that whole other side of it. Right. You know, so instead of like moving this whole side and putting SB 145 into place, you can just make uh, vaginal intercourse like the scene and included within the law. So it's equal. Yep. And like that would really solve the whole thing that we're talking about. It makes more sense that way. To me, it would make more sense that way. But uh, I just want to read this before we move on. If we do, um, it says in here that the, this distinction in the law, which we're talking about, right? The vaginal versus anal, which is irrational at best, disproportionately targets LGBT young people. So, 
like how how does a law target any group of people if we want equality under the law which is i think everyone or equal treatment under the law i think that's fair that's fair to me now to say that a law is disproportionately targeting lgbt young people that's where things get a little is it indicating iffy. that there's more laws being broken within yeah. homosexual relationships or not cuz that's so it's like okay it's there, does, right? that, does the, that say does that yeah is it is it saying like oh we do this anyways there's a lot of it going on there's a lot of cases that we can't handle that we right. can't prosecute because look at the court system it's already super busy it's already super full as it is so we're trying to reduce these laws are trying to, you know, mm-hmm. to mitigate and, at least some kind of, you know, you know, within the court system anyway, we're trying to reduce yeah. the number of felons. I mean, we see it with the prison releases in the state that happened because of COVID and what have you. And I mean, that's a whole nother. That's a whole, thing. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think we'll get a little bit into it, like later on when <laughs> yeah. we go, because there's a lot that's going to be talked about, but there, there is like numbers, at least numbers from courts, you know, that people that were actually charged the number of people and that actually has been declining yeah instead of like you know increasing increasing and it's it's crazy to even think about but yeah you you mentioned earlier and we had it read um, the law of states now for both right that the the judge makes the call about whether they should register as a sex offender well now that leads into the discussion of who do we put into the courts Right? Who do we point as judges? And that's, who are we voting for? Yeah, exactly. And who are we voting for and who's going to be responsible for that? And that gets into a big political discussion because, you know, as Trump touts his, you know, 100 or 200 and 300 appointed judges and they're more conservative, I mean, I would think that that would be a celebration as it relates to some of these cases, right? Because then if you have a conservative judge, then more than likely perhaps they would say, you know, you should just register maybe more than likely they would have someone register as a sex offender, right? But then you have recently, there was a law from the Supreme Court um, about the discrimination, I believe it was. For the workplace? In the workplace. Mm-hmm. And oh, you yeah. had more conservative judges than you did liberal mind or leaning judges, and it still didn't work. So then that kind of, that argument breaks down a little bit too, right? So, well, I feel like, at least with like judges and, and, and all that, I feel like, again, going back to like what I mentioned about Newsom, it's like, I've always, and I'm just going to be very honest here, like, I've always had this thought, at least within me, and, like, I know what I believe. Right. You know? I know my stance on all these different issues, but can I choose somebody's stance on it? Meaning, like, can there be made a law according to what I believe for somebody that doesn't believe the same as I do? it depends what you believe because when you you have to break eventually you have to break it down yeah. and you have to find a common core common idea common set of values or set of beliefs that we're all coming into agreement that this is the way we want to live so yeah. it has to there has to be some kind of universal universality within mm-hmm. the law within and and what's the law based on who's backing up the law where does yeah. where does this so, supposed law come from where do these rights come from mm-hmm. that's again that's another yeah it's like a whole other thing i feel like we're that we're i would like love to get into but dipping our not toes in all these that's not what we're talking about yeah. right now but i feel like it goes with what he uh with what gabriel was saying about the supreme court and like let's say they have a more conservative like view on things right so more conservative view meaning what maybe christianity right may or, or may not maybe maybe not right but 
and then it goes down to what to God or the Bible, and you know, so that's where it gets a little. Yeah, I mean, with with conservative um, politics within the U.S. Anyway, the whole idea is that they're they're looking to what the law has already established, mm-hmm. and in a sense, because we are under technically we're under a constitutional republic. That means that the Constitution is the ultimate law of mm-hmm. the land. So the Constitution, with, within the legal terms, the Constitution is everyone's boss, basically. Yeah. So that's our reference point as far as, like you're saying, like mm-hmm. these judges, how they rule, you know, is it constitutional or is it not? And then it goes into, obviously, um, states' rights versus federal yeah. and what's legal in California versus what's legal in Arizona. And, and it goes do, into like church and state and right. it goes how into, do they apply the law? How do they interpret the law? That's a big mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's and a it, lot. It, and it's like all these, pol- uh, pol- I don't want to call them politicians, but, um, elected officials rather take an oath to protect to the de- constitution. To defend and protect to the constitution. defend and protect mm-hmm. against words, foreign and domestic. Again, yeah. This constitution that was, put together at the beginning of the founding of this country, this is where we have to interpret these laws that are, or these issues that are coming about. This is where all men are, where all men are created equal. Eventually, um, I think it was Michael Malice that coined the term, but eventually African-Americans, they wanted to cash in on that check and they're still, we're yeah. seeing with BLM, we're, they're still fighting for that check to be cashed and to have full equal rights. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the the founding of the country, there's a bunch of arguments being made about... When was it founded? Who yeah. founded it? What was the beliefs at the time? I mean, I was just, I was just listening to Joe Rogan talk to um, Duncan Trussell, and Duncan Trussell, Duncan Trussell made the argument that this country was founded on um, human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, if if the founding fathers were slave owners and they were putting forth a document that said all men were created um, equal... equal well, how do you drive with that, right? And I know we're getting kind of like down to some of the weeds and some of the foundations, but I think this all kind of, that's the base that we're we're mm-hmm. sitting on that leads to these discussions and it leads to debating what, whether or not this is right or wrong. And then you have to, like we're talking about differentiating God versus man's law, right? So it's 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 important to, yeah, this touches on a lot of different topics, but it's yeah. important to know that like no one's perfect and the fact that right. they set that document at that point in time with no frame of reference, really, for what they were doing, and we we still got to the place we got to today, to the point where, like, you, a gay couple can get married under the law, but also you don't have to tell your partner if you have HIV. And also, by the way, you can have sex with a minor and not be registered as a sex offender just FYI, right? So it's like yeah. we've gotten to that place where this is possible, and some for some that's progress. For others, maybe that's that's a regression. That's that's a regression to against what though, right? I mean, that, yeah, like for me, that's that's inevitable because, like you're saying, the founding fathers at the time they had slavery, which was atrocious. It was a very ugly, very ugly practice, right? This is what two hundred plus years later or whatever. So we're judging them on the t- on the time and, and what was going on and what took place where the same thing can happen to us 50 years down the line when there's an alternative to, let's say, for example, abortion, yeah. which I would hope 
you know, technologically speaking, medically speaking, there's been some kind of an advancement that we don't know what people are going to be saying 50, you know, to more years from now. They're going to say, oh, my goodness, you guys are so grandpa, you, you and your culture, your society, they were so barbaric. I can't believe you guys practice this stuff. Like we were probably more than likely we're going to get judged very harshly for how some things are being done today and Mm -hmm. what have you. Yeah, there's a lot, but, uh, I guess I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we move on, I did want to touch on just something else. Um, maybe, uh, I'm just going to mention a couple of the things that this would kind of do. Right. Um, so communities would be really forced to accept that sex offenders could not potentially live anonymously among law-abiding citizens. Um, law enforcement officials would be forced to accept that their ability to properly monitor sex offenders could potentially be compromised as well. Um, and these are some scenarios, like, I'm, there's a lot more, but these are just two scenarios that, like, are, I mean, in my opinion, kind of unacceptable and really just concerning, but... Um, there is another bill, right, that actually was also brought up by Senator uh, Weiner um, and already passed, which is SB 384. And um, I'll just very fastly like go into it and pretty much changes the current lifelong registry system mandated for all sex offenders at, to like a tier-based system where certain Offenders who file a petition and meet specific criterias can be eligible to be removed from the list. Um, in other words, if an individual is convicted of a sex crime with a minor, he or she is able to petition to be removed from the sex offender registry after 10 years. And this one already passed, and it's set to become law on January 1st of 2021. So, it includes certain acts, of, I'm reading it too, certain acts of human trafficking. Wow. Including extortion. I did not know this. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. It's Prado. It's, yeah. yeah. It's good. Wow. Thank you for looking into it, Prado. It's uh, <laughs> so it's like, to me, it's just like, that's why I was talking about the loopholes. There's already a problem. I'm like, there's too many things passing at the same time. And like, you're not really looking into the loopholes. Like, yeah, like you have to look into the loopholes because too it, much. And the problem is like, who's going to look at an entire bill and it's like pages upon pages upon pages. It's like 20, 30 pages of something. Like nobody's going to read it, three, all the details. Three like, tiers now of what's considered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crime. When, when and where you have to register. Right. I, I would say as a, I'm, this is not an excuse nor uh it's just a caveat, I guess you could say, to this whole discussion is that is our legal system flawed and corrupted? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Do we need to figure out a way for, like, I hate to use an example, but certain prosecutors have held withheld, withheld evidence, did not use DNA. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. I'm really... <laughs> Sorry about that. Have used essentially like free labor or cheap labor, right? There was necessarily like one person, but I'm sure it's happened plenty of times. But there's a prominent person right now. It's a very specific person. There's a very specific person that I'm thinking about, but I'm sure it's happened with other prosecutors. I'm not going to name names just for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. If you look into it, I'm sure you'll know who I'm talking about specifically. But now the problem with that is, is that 
how are people operating within the system? Because I think a lot of times we talk about systemic, whatever mm-hmm. it is, fill in the blank, right? Racism, mm-hmm. discrimination, this corruption. It's not this. It's not the system itself. The system doesn't. It's not alive. We operate within that system, right? So it's the people that are not righteous, that are truthful, that are being obedient to God's word, that are operating within that system to keep it true um, to its law and, and the spirit of the law, because that's how that the corruption gets so rapid, and that's why there's all these um, cases where pe- innocent people have been executed or kept in jail for a number of years, right? So I think that's important just to say that we recognize, or at least I can say I recognize that that's a, a huge issue. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily discount um, anyone who's broken the law or murdered or, you know, so and so forth, right? I've met people who have done a number of things. Um, I don't necessarily judge them on that, but if if you... If you want to hold someone accountable for their actions, I think that's fine. I think that's fair. I've I've been held accountable for my actions, and I hold myself accountable for my actions every day, and I'm I remind myself of those actions. So I think that's an important point um, to just state as well. Yeah, and uh, before moving on, um, see, I just have a problem with the whole ages yeah thing. Yeah. The the ten year gap. The there's just a lot of there, but. Just on SB 384, which I like mentioned earlier, um, in its current form, three, uh, SB 384 does not mandate lifetime registration for lewd and less vicious conduct with a child under 14 years of age. Yet, inexplicably, such conduct with a child over 14 somehow does require automatic lifetime registration. That doesn't make sense to me. Makes zero sense. Like, that makes zero sense to me. Like, that's crazy. How do you how do you even determine that? That means you have a bigger opportunity to exploit younger children exactly. under fourteen, 14. Yep. than over. Yep. Like that's in, that should be the other way around. You would think that's insane. If that's not <laughs> upsetting, I don't know what is. Yeah, I feel I like we're like. All of us are trying to restrain ourselves so much. Well, I've been, I've been from the beginning. I, I know misnamed her podcast. So I was that upset, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's yeah. There's a lot to it. I mean, I guess we can honestly keep going and going and going just on this specific thing. Yeah, but I think it's important that we also uh, touch a little bit upon, and it kind of ties in with like human trafficking, like just in that whole space, like just children trafficking, like as well. And I think there's a lot that we can go into as far as that goes, but I don't know. Do you guys have anything to mention on that? On the trafficking side? You mean ammo? Yeah. <laughs> double to double entendre, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Gabriel. No, I wanted to bring up your um, text, the scripture you mentioned, Mark nine, um, 42 in the New King James Version where it states, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So God didn't um, think very highly of anyone that caused any harm to children. Pretty clear, pretty yeah, uh, black pretty and white. Clear. Yeah. yeah, not whatsoever. He definitely did not. I mean, there's there's a number of verses that that talk about how do, how do how is it that we're supposed to train our children in the ways mm-hmm. so that he will never 
you know, falter. And if you treat the, the what is it, the least of them, then you've treated me um, the same. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that, right? Um, so I just wanted to start off with scripture. So, yeah, I, I want to, you know, as much as possible, I would like to base yeah. whatever I'm saying off of scripture because it's not like my. Yeah. I don't want to. No, and honestly, like, I think me and Lee were actually like talking just about this earlier, like before you even got here. And he mentioned that verse, you know, and I was like, I was like, dude, like, it almost sounds like God almost, and I don't want to say the word, but like almost hates these people that are trying to like do anything to their, to his children, to the little ones. I can't find another, I mean, I'm sure it probably is, but another verse that stands out like that where he's actually advocating for physical violence against somebody that offends or harms children there's there's i don't think there's any other spot in the bible that really well i mean you could even argue that i know for for many people that aren't believers or or maybe don't think about this way but you could even argue that god was willing to put his son through torture essentially right Capital punishment yeah so i mean to me i mean i can see how the surprise but i'm like when i think about that i'm like okay that makes sense you know what i mean god is willing to to take it to that point right and that's the whole argument around like abraham like abraham was willing to go and sacrifice his son like that's preposterous right so right it's it's i know it's a lot to digest but I think the the point in all this is that, I mean, as Christians and believers, and if we want to espouse the gospel, if we want to espouse um, God's goodness, then we have to be able to share what that looks like. We have to be mm-hmm. able to, what's the standard, right? And and, and mentioned that last time we talked about, um, rather in our, in our last conversation, but what are, what are we basing our interactions off of what are we basing our culture off of our Mm -hmm. our values our principles off of and i think that's important especially when you're thinking about um you know exploiting minors as well as going to like the human trafficking aspect of it is that who how are we protecting the children it's like what are we doing to protect children because we've we've all been in that point in that place like Mm -hmm. we know how harmful a lot of experiences are in our childhood and that can drastically change the course of our life. And there's a number of cases of just horrific treatment towards children. I know there's some like um, camps or jails that have tortured children. And there's been like recent cases of like using, um, I don't know, they were like treating the the inmates, the juvenile inmates with like hormones. And it's like, Hmm. it's horrific. And yeah. yeah. There's definitely a lot. Um, I guess we can go into maybe uh, some of the details. Um, I'm just going to throw out some uh, stats. Um, so 51% of the criminal human trafficking cases active in the U.S. were sex trafficking cases involving only children. Um, the average age for a teen that enters the sex trade in the U.S. is 12 to 14 uh, years old, um, an estimated 200,000 children, American children, are trafficked um, into the sex industry. And that's like every year. 
and this is just numbers for like children. Yeah. The numbers for just in general, like are way, way bigger. Um, and this is according to the federal human trafficking report. And um, according to the U.S. Department of State, like, so these are stats that are coming from sources that are uh, government sources. Yeah, valid sources for sure. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, it, I'm, I don't it's know. Crazy. I don't know how far we want to get into like the conspiratorial side of it. Side of it, because there's a lot of that. That's the problem, right? That's a lot of the issue is that it's it's right. It's in the dark. It's in the, it's it's hidden, and it, that's where the conspiracy theory part of it has to play a part in it because we have to kind of push the the limits of the conversation. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to get to the Epstein conversation or the Weinstein conversation and, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. So it's the Wayfair thing and all that. So, you know? so, so what you're saying is you want to stick to the facts and what's already been presented as a, a true verified story. Yeah. Okay. As, as much as possible. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not like saying we can't. Conject. I think I think we can definitely like hypothesize, or even like have a part two where oh, we yeah. go into all these different things, yeah. and maybe we go a little bit into Hollywood. We go a yeah. little bit into like all these different things because there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, I think a, a, we we can allow space for that for sure because I think it's necessary and and to a point where it's like at least people are, are aware of all the kind of other stuff yeah. that's happening and we're not like propagating it in terms of like this is this is what's going on but like yeah. this is what we see and i think as far as the human traffic inside goes i feel like this year it's been like it's been just going crazy yeah brought to the surface it's for bring, sure it's being brought to light really just within this past week right it's uh it's been uncovered by u.s marshals on august 27th um 39, this was last Thursday, 39 missing children in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then August 30th, seven children were rescued from a tra- human trafficking ring in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. August 31st, this is, I think this was the bigger one that the story, when the story broke, U.S. Marshals rescued 25 missing and sex trafficked children from Ohio, and they were found as far as Miami, Florida. Yeah. So this is just. These are within operations the within the states. Right. Yeah. It's like, I think uh, Georgia's was like Operation Not Forgotten. Ohio's was Operation Safety Net. So there's like, the states are actually like starting to um, make these operations to be able to save more of these kids. And I think it's something good. Now that we don't necessarily need to get down that law enforcement conversation because... It's taboo. It's taboo, but I mean, there's an argument to be made here, a case to be made that... is there a role for law enforcement to play when it when it relates to like protecting the vulnerable, right? I mean, this is a a good solid case to be made that if you were to take funds away from those that are dealing with trafficking at least, right, at minimum, that that's more harm to be done, right? Those are some more victims that that can be harmed, more children that could be victimized rather and be harmed. I mean, no one wants that. I I wouldn't think, you know. And I don't know if if there was any like general like uh, perspectives that you found like on the response side from your post that were like that popped up i don't as, know like, as far as like sb145 there was a lot of i don't want to call it like backlash but like there was a lot of like the, the i guess more negative comments were really about just like lgbtq community and 
and just that side of it, really, as far as the 145 goes, um, or people that were really defending it or like saying like, no, it's not this or that's not what it means or, you know, things like that. But it's like when you really look into it, like I go back and I'm going to keep going back to it. Like it just creates loopholes. Yeah. And like not just that, it's like who are who are the people that like Gabe was saying, who are the most vulnerable and yeah. which ones are we prioritizing? We're not saying that right that, that uh certain people shouldn't have rights or shouldn't mm-hmm. have, you know. Yeah. But it goes back to okay, can we leave can we live peaceably together? Can we coexist in a way where we do no harm to our neighbor? We live yeah. by the golden rule. Yeah. That's that's a, again going back to law. Where does law come from? Where mm-hmm. where does you know the sense of morality? Where does that come from? Yeah, it's the gold, where the golden rule. The the idea that that your rights end where mine begin. Mm. So if we look at it in that sense, like you're saying, like like right, we all want to be treated equally under the law. But then if we regard minors as vulnerable, we regard them as not having. I don't want to say full rights. That, that sounds kind of weird, but they're not in our society. They're not treated like adults because the understanding is that, like Joe Rogan always goes into the pre the prefrontal lobe isn't develop, fully developed until the age of twenty five anyway. Yeah. So not until you're twenty five can you actually is your brain working on all cylinders where your like your brain is is uh, chemically balanced for you to to be able to handle responsibility for you to yeah. be able to make mature and responsible decisions yeah so now especially when it deals with sex could you imagine that right i mean there's a there's like the whole like sexual abuse and then that sometimes leads to like pro um what is it pro prosecuity or i forgot how you say promiscuity that promiscuity right and it deals with a lot of like those issues because of just the um I don't know how you would say like the not the harm but like just trauma the trauma around it yeah and the violation well, I mean I think there's I know there's stats somewhere and I, we've heard pretty, pretty sure most people have heard but most sex workers prostitutes what have you and people that are in the adult film industry a huge majority of them have been molested when they were children mm-hmm. there's a big a, you know like you're saying at some point or another during their formative years this aspect of life was distorted. And that goes into trafficking too. Right. Yeah, a lot of the numbers of like, those people are like runaway, like runaways, girls that are going away from abuse and end up being trafficked. Right. And not just that, but also goes into, um, what was it called? Completely blanked out. Describe it. Um, the system, like where uh, where the kids kind of get put into foster, when they care? foster care, yeah, yeah, sorry, it even goes into foster care. Like the number is huge from yeah. foster care that like end up being trafficked too. It's it's, it's just no accident, right? I mean, how can I even say this? But it's no accident. God said that we need to take care of the widows and the orphans. I mean, yeah, again, the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable exactly. in our society. And I think again, it's it's beautiful that God would tell us, right? It's clear as day mm-hmm. what. God is saying the widows and the orphans is exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to say that these kids that are being harmed are orphans, but the point is, is like, take care of our yeah. most vulnerable. Exactly. And what do you guys think about, um, I guess we saw these like three different states doing it, right? 
I for sure say all the states should be doing it. But should we do something about it, like, in a federal way, I guess? so. Like a federal law? Like a federal law that has to do with this? I mean, that's just what I've heard as far as, like, the shift between certain crimes, certain crime in, uh, syndicates, for example, the the cartel and how there because the US because within the US because there's there's um harsher penalties for drug trafficking that there's been a shift to human trafficking that's you know there's obviously different subcategories to that but because the penalties for drug trafficking are a lot a lot more uh severe harsh. yeah yeah that there's been a shift to human trafficking because it's more lucrative now for, to get people to cross over the border. And, and I know that, that goes into you know, a lot of other difficult issues, but um, just that idea alone that, that some way, somehow we're penalizing drug offenses. We're being more strict about that than we are human trafficking or you know, yeah. trafficking of children. That's, in, that's insane. Like, like you're saying, like federally, yeah, there should be... There should be a law that's just all across the board. Hey, this is not. We're making it clear that we don't agree with this. We're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna accept this. We're not gonna. You know, th- say that this is okay. And mm-hmm. I mean, like just I guess speaking to the church, just the simple fact that, for example, throw this verse out there. In light of everything that we're talking about, like Romans twelve nine says, "Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil." Cling to what is good. Mm-hmm. So just that. Since, He's that, telling that you idea to hate right it. there. What are you? Gonna, how are you going to? Yeah, I'm saying hate. Or in other verse, versions, it says abhor what is evil. Yeah. So, in light of this, what are you going to? What are you going to do about it mm-hmm. as a Christian? Should we more? Should we be more vocal? More vocal? Should you be more proactive like we're talking about voting for judges or what have you should you be more it's not about sharing a post on instagram or facebook like how much does that how much can that actually do i mean i think you can make people aware yeah it brings awareness and i think it's a step but it doesn't do much aside from bringing awareness which is important don't get me wrong right bringing awareness to it is important because more people know and you know how social media is it just spreads and goes so it's good that it's bringing awareness to it, but what actual steps can we actually take, you know? Beyond the awareness to, part? What the I, beyond the awareness yeah, part. what I thought of, like, we're talking about the widows and the orphans and how, I mean, I'm not f- totally aware of the orphanage foster care system that we have in the U.S., but that's definitely something that could be... You know, like mm-hmm. that's a, definitely a movement that could arise where yeah. it's like, look, we want to give these runaway kids, these kids that don't have a family to, for whatever reason, some type of refuge, some type mm-hmm. of pro- community program, some yeah. type of system that looks out for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what that could look like. I don't know what yeah. you know, the means to. I know it's probably resources wise. It sounds expensive, but mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I mean, even the church can get involved in. And yeah. You know, organize and create some kind of community where yeah, and I mean, there's an answer for there's a, there's there's obviously a problem. We're addressing that there's a problem. Yeah. So, like you're saying, how do we find a response to this or an answer to this? Yeah. I mean, 
personally, I would, I would really focus, and this is counterculture right now. I would really focus on the nuclear family and building strong families. Um, to me, like that's 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 that solves a lot of problems. But then within that nuclear family, you have each individual, right? So you have um, mom, dad, and children, and whatnot. So what values are you? Um, bring up your kids in with principles and all that. And I think to me, like everything comes down to the nuclear family for whatever reason, like as it relates to all, like a lot of problems, a lot, um, a lot can be avoided, right? A lot can be avoided. With a exactly. Steady or strong household. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like families and people are perfect. There's going to be a lot of mistakes to be made and, you know, resentments and whatnot. But I still think, you know, that decreases the likelihood of, of children, um, becoming orphans or perhaps even running away that increases their chances of graduating high school and, and having healthy relationships. Um, especially as it relates to like a married couple, if they can stay together through their kid's life and, and see it through for their kids to have, you know, get, be married and have grandchildren and all that, you're building stability within the society that then, decreases a lot of the the issues that we see in our in our society but increases the chances that um we have more opportunity to help those that are in need right Mm -hmm. so i think to me and this might not sound like it makes perfect sense but to me that's a good start Mm -hmm. is to be able to um strengthen the family unit and then i think obviously the awareness piece is important and then the third, I would say, is knowing how to follow God's lead, right? Because we all have a path that we're on. We need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, right? Faith is is such an important piece to all this, is knowing, like, how am I going to lead an effort based off of what God's asking me to do? Because I think that is going to, you know, if, if you're trying to do something and it's not what God wants you to do, it's not going to really work out necessarily, so are you saying you're going to lead by example with your own family and your own circumstances? I mean, I'm, I, I, I can't make any promises. But that's what you're <laughs> I'm alluding to for. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm describing that. And I think that's... You're taking personal responsibility? I think I might be taking oh, personal okay. responsibility, yes. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were kind of leading like... The, leading, the, <laughs> leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I kind of took it like what you were kind of saying too. I kind of took it as like... There's a lot of different, not smaller, but a lot of different issues that we can solve to solve this bigger thing. Yeah, correct. You know, a lot of actions that we can take that will, I guess, like make a dent on that huge problem. I think that makes so. any sense. Yeah, I mean, that would be my argument for for most things. If I were a politician, or if I was running an organization, or anything, that would be like the core of it. Is like taking care of the family, making sure you keep families together, you you create stability within the family, and hopefully, right, you hopefully are able to solve a lot of the societal issues. And I think that's a lot of what we see as it relates to, you know, broken family homes. And But then the I guess the counter-argument to that is, well, that's how you get all the comedians and all the different people that are just out there and that think differently, right? Could you imagine a world without comedians? Right, and could you? I, I, I hope <laughs> we don't lose them. Flying cars, maybe. I don't know. Let's let's look, let's look into it. Maybe it's a good a good trade off. A I good don't know. investment, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's for me where I would 
I yeah. would focus a lot of time with that. It's just figuring out what are we doing to strengthen the family because without without that first safety net, like that's the first safety net we mm-hmm. would ever have beyond government. And then you level up to like, let's say your local church, and yeah. then you can have your local government mm-hmm. and then so on and so forth. That is something I heard Ben Shapiro say, and I and I fully agree with that point. It's It's got to start with the family and then you move up to your churches mm-hmm. and your local officials and then your state and then your federal it's like the order you know yeah it's a hierarchy yeah and i mean i i think i also like i brought up churches because i do think that the church needs to be a lot more involved in some of these issues yeah um just in general right but i did also like just quickly want to mention something about you know how we were talking about uh, maybe passing law like right a federal law um, and how states are doing something about it, some states at least. And just really about California. Like, Newsom really needs to, like, do something at least about this. Um, He's losing just, a lot of money with Joe Rogan leaving. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Not just, like, SBU, like, 145, but just, like, sex trafficking in general. Yeah. California is actually the highest human trafficking state like with rates in the united states orange it's, county it's, has a big problem too yeah orange county is huge yeah but california is the number one state yeah. in all country like in, in the whole country like Ooh, but i forget i know there was a some government office where they were training their workers it wasn't social services and it wasn't police departments but it was a different department that i guess more recently they had started training their employees their their workers what have you to actually spot runaways and to be able to spot people that are involved in human trafficking like victims because i I know if you're familiar with orange county you've seen it on the bus like on the bus uh billboards or on the bus i'm familiar with the organization called Waymakers. i believe that's the uh, i'm trying to think i believe it's them i think there's another one i know but it was like totally unrelated to any kind of like social work or law enforcement Hmm. and i when i read it i saw it i was like what like but yeah. it makes sense what you're saying. It was like, there's a problem. And so now the coverage, I guess, or the mm-hmm. awareness is it's spreading. It's spreading yeah. to different organizations, different agencies that yeah. normally don't cover social that. work. But because, like you said, it's a crisis, then it makes sense to mm-hmm. have, you know, have more people be involved. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think, I think we're going to speak on a lot more, but... Can we talk about a little bit just about social media coverage? It's not social media, but just like media coverage in general. How long Uh, do we have? (laughs) It's not not being covered. We can just stick on to like this trafficking and and the laws being passed and all that. Like, what was the uh... even even what you mentioned, like about like uh, Michigan and Georgia and Ohio, like. I have not seen one thing on the news about it. I think so without getting into the political realm, because that's a big part of media right now. It's three more hours, bro. I know (laughs) there's a complete obsession with politics right now. Everything's politicized. Yeah. So then what happens is that their attention is so hyper focused on politics that they're not even worried about what we're discussing with trafficking and, um, you know, sex offender registration and what that looks like for different mm-hmm. groups of people and 
what that means for your family and whatnot. So like journalism is the point of it is to be able to protect, right? And give the voice to the voiceless to speak truth to speak speak truth to the to power essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't do that if you're just putting whatever content that you decide you want to put on and it focus on on certain topics. Mm-hmm. Now what you're doing is you're you're um doing a disservice to the general population, right? Yeah. The Washington Post says that democracy dies in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we even have a a democracy without being able to protect their vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just it's it's sad and it, and it's very frustrating to to know that there's millions and millions and millions of dollars being generated by these companies, by these media companies, conglomerates, yeah. and they're doing nothing that would be in my opinion productive yeah. to help in enlighten our general population or even locally yeah i feel like they're all just like really <laughs> just going with their political yeah. view and party yeah like you have fox always going to be with the republicans and you have cnn always going more left with democrats and this yeah this really shouldn't be a and party issue it's yeah just, it's, it's like you're not news issue. anymore like yeah. you're just a political like outlet like that's all you really are because who i'm trying to remember i know it was in july i guess when it was the the, the i don't remember exactly what it was called but it was the end and the trafficking day the end child trafficking yeah. day. oh yeah yeah that was yeah. very I, I don't remember i don't know if you guys recall but that to me it was, felt very organic mm-hmm. it was very like very much like oh this is just grassroots people yeah, I saw people that you know that I that I know or that you know going out and yeah posting yeah, and I'm like I don't I didn't see it like you're saying I didn't see it anywhere else I didn't see it from it was really, mostly social media I feel yeah, like right yeah. um, but there was no news about it no, at all no, no news, coverage yeah, no coverage and like there's no coverage on any of this yep and like even going to the trafficking even going into I know we maybe save it for next time but even going into Hollywood going into all these different things it's quiet everywhere crickets yeah and, yeah and that worries like that should worry people it's like why is this not being covered at all they covered they covered um what was happening with the the catholic church that right huge mm-hmm. right yeah they yeah. were they, they the were all about and... it and it was you know day and night and now it's like there's some there's some actual um, kids being recovered and still nothing there's there's not there's no news about that so yeah it goes to show like I think, like I mentioned earlier, like this year is definitely like bringing a lot up, but I guess I'll go into, I'll go a little bit back into 2018, 2017, 2018. Um, so the state's department's 2019 trafficking persons report, which was for 2017, 2018, found that the department of justice opened significantly fewer human trafficking investigations in 2018 compared to 2017 dropping from 783 to 657 and also fewer persecutions going from 282 to 230. And of course the newest report, which goes into 2019 and and forward, it's not out yet, but at least there, like we can see a a decrease in the persecution and the cases in itself, you know? A, either it's happening less or B, they're just not, putting any effort into it or because i think the numbers are actually going up 
Yeah. And the persecutions are going down. It's really weird, right? With all these conspiracy people that keep talking about Epstein didn't kill himself and how mm-hmm. weird that whole thing is, that whole case is. And that's a, it doesn't go away. Another conversation, honestly, it with Epstein. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. But um, I know it's a lot of information for, yeah. for people, but I think it's important that we mention some of this stuff. Um, uh, as far as profits, there's a lot to go into. But just in general, it is a billion dollar like industry. Without a doubt. Yeah. It, it, there's so much. But I guess this is one thing that I, I wanted to mention on it. 80,000 of uh, pretty much $80,000 annual rates per victim. And that's in developed countries and about 55,000 in Middle East. So that's per child. Like that's 80,000 annual profit in the sex trafficking industry. Yeah. That's like, that's insane. I think that's what, I mean, a lot of, I I know the immigration part of it is a, is a probably, I would imagine a huge factor, um, but also just abductions in general. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. why we have Amber alerts and whatnot. Um, yeah, it just, even social media now, social media. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of it. Just I mean, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix was touting. Are we talking about cuties? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It, it, I mean, to me, what that's saying is like a lot of this human trafficking, exploitation of of people in general, sexual exploitation, yeah, exploitation, like that just normalizes it. It just makes yeah. it so that it's okay that these things are happening. To when me, it's not. Yeah. To me, Netflix, like, at least with that, like, it's just, it's normalizing. Yeah. How, like, there was yeah. a lot of, um, a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of stories coming out about, um, how do you call them? Drag queens reading to children at libraries. Yeah. But then they find out that these gentlemen were um, sex offenders. So you have a push for making it that, Hey, like we're just all about prog- progress and equality and equity. Just normalizing and, it, and then yeah, just trying to normalize it. But then lo and behold, they're they're putting their their children in danger um, while putting them in the room with a sex offender. Now, let's say they did that. Oh, you know, maybe a number year, number of years ago, and they no longer do it. Okay, but at least make that known to the parents and let the parents make the decision of whether whether or not to do that. You know, so it's like again. All of this obviously is complicated, but at some point you have to make a decision of like, what are we doing to protect the vulnerable? Yeah, that's the the, the major point for all of us. I think. I think that's what it goes down yeah. to. Like, that's all it is. Going back to the, what we started talking about about SB one forty five, just trafficking in general, and the sex and like the porn- pornographic industry. Like, yeah, that's a whole. There's just there's a lot. Yeah. You know, and I feel like, like you said, it's like, what are we doing about it? You know, what, what are we doing to really save this children? Like these kids, like they're so vulnerable, like, you know, they can't defend themselves. Like who is going to defend them? You know, yeah. like Has it's really on, on, on us. Yeah. It's interesting right now in, in Bible study, we're going through the story of Noah after the flood as it relates to 
when he gets drunk and his son sees him naked or discovers his father naked. Um, and then Pastor Eddie Sale cross-referenced that to Leviticus that said, um, t- uh, for exactly exactly how it said, but if you discover um, your mother's nakedness, you've discovered your father's nakedness. So he made the argument that basically said that it wasn't that his son, Noah's son, discovered him naked. It was that he discovered his mom naked, right? And as it relates to nakedness, that dealt that deals with um, a lot of times it deals with sex, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, it the whole point of that of that story and, and or not the whole point of that story, but as it relates to like Leviticus is incest, right? Mm-hmm. Not to see your sister, um, even if it's your um, stepsister, to see your mother, father, son, right? Very detailed, specific, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's interesting that like you mentioned pornography, like there's a lot of um, categories related to those Mm -hmm. ideas. Right. And it's like, it's so anti-biblical. It's insane, man. It's it's out there. It's insane. because like I think, uh, what was it? Maybe like a month or two ago, like there was this video that was kept coming up on online, like on social media about Pornhub and about how they had, uh, I guess, different um, videos that, were posted from like there were a a lot of them of course are like part of sex trafficking but there were specific cases where it was like there was no um permission oh yeah you know like granted or anything to even put up or to even film it or anything like that and it's like i don't know there's just it's a lot and it's just it's sad that their the industry is one exploiting it looks like majority of like sex traffickers but also women who have dealt with abuse in their life and on the flip side they're exploiting men right i mean in a sense like they're they're targeting i guess you could say men and and the carnal desires of men and just like i i think what is it i forget there's a story but like what's his name david Choi, i think his name is um, he was on Drogan's podcast, and he talked about being exposed to pornography at a young age and how, like, addictive it became. Mm-hmm. Where he, a, a few TED Talks, right? Uh, yeah. Your, your brain on porn, I think it was called. And um, Yeah. So it's 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 really, like, it's with the internet. I mean, it's so yeah. accessible. You can just pick it up on your phone, and it's like kids can just access that. Yeah. And, it, and again, that, that feeds into this, like... Everything else. The trafficking and the exploitation, and it just... It's a lot to handle again, and I would simply just go back to the family. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's a simple answer to a complicated problem, but I don't know where else to start. Something to mention, like, about what you just uh, said about men as well, right? Um, I do want to mention that to you, that boys and men are also likely to be victims of human trafficking, um, just as girls and, and women, right? And um, But they are less likely to be uh, identified or reported. So I think it's it's definitely a lower number, yeah, for sure. But it still happens. Oh yeah. And a lot of the times, like when we talk about trafficking, it's not just the sex and you know sex trafficking. It's also like um, a lot of men or a lot of uh, or a lot of boys like are taken to for labor or even for. Um, yeah, mainly for, for, for labor and amongst other things, but it's not always about just the sex trafficking part. 
at least for uh, men and and boys. Yeah, I guess that happens a lot with, um, I think from a few years ago, there was a study or a case in California where that happens a lot from um, Asian immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're bringing people over from other other countries and they're exploiting them and they're telling them, you're going to go with me to the, U- the U.S. and you're going to work for me and they have no idea that that slavery is illegal, yeah. illegal here. They're not, you know, they're being exploited, like you're saying, yeah. for work. Yeah, it's 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 insane, man. I mean, and that's just like some of what I like. Some of the info that I like, I was throwing out was like that's just the U.S. Right. Yeah. Like you know, you Could see you like somewhere else. You yeah. see global like uh, there's what uh, an estimated four million victims of just of sex trafficking globally that are forced into sex exploitation that's like four million uh about 98 percent are women and girls and of course the top three nations for human trafficking is the u.s then mexico and then the philippines wow and this is according to the united nations very close to home very close it's pretty much all this except for (laughs) the philippines but like it's very close to home and it's it, it's crazy to even think about you know it just goes to show there's a lot of work to be done i mean the us is not perfect right but yeah, i think no. we're open to ha- to at least making that known and and having these conversations i don't know about mexico or the philippines i doubt that these sort of conversations are had and and if they are then they maybe their lives are at risk i don't know i mean yeah it's a different ball game in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I I think like just how we're doing right now and having the conversation. I I feel like a lot of more people need to have these conversations. And it'll be good to to have conversations with people who are maybe working in these areas. I mean, I don't know much. Mm-hmm. Um, we so, we don't know. Yeah, much. we don't know much. Just for everybody that's listening, we're, like, not, experts. we're not experts on this issue. Like, sure. we're trying to just have a conversation and really like throw as much information as we know ourselves but there's definitely a lot more and there's definitely more uh i guess people that know a lot more than we do yes but um i think it's definitely a a conversation that needs to be had specifically as believers Uh, yeah i think that's an important piece to all this is that like there's a you know there's a i don't want to say it's a big responsibility on, on us but we're definitely called to to, to do that, you know, do yeah. the work that's necessary to, again, to protect, protect the widows and the orphans. So, I mean, it's, it's, we don't want to like, what is it? Point a finger at, a, at, at us either, but it's just like a recognition that we, that if we believe what we believe in the Bible, then I think that should dictate a lot of what we do out, you know, in this world at, during our lifetime. So, yeah. And I think it's like one issue that can, that is pretty like, what's the right word? I guess like unifying. Perhaps? Yeah, yeah, unifying. Like you would think it is. Yeah. Like it should be right. Like yeah. it doesn't. Your religion doesn't matter. What you believe doesn't matter. Like all these, they're, they're children. Period. Like yep. everybody should be able to just automatically like know that like they're children and we need to protect them. Period. You know, it's pretty straightforward to me. I mean, if there's one thing that that 
crosses political parties and religious um, affiliation, like it's got to be this. So if we can't if we can't even get on board together on this, then it's quite um, concerning for other things, right? Yeah. If for we can't actually do something issues. about this, like, is anything going to be done? Right. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah, sometimes. it is. <laughs> so I don't know if there's anything else that you guys wanted to touch on, but we can definitely have a part two to get in more into more of like the conspiratorial, conspiratorial side. Um, if there's anything that maybe we left off the table or didn't dig deep into this time around, we can definitely do that next time. And I know there's a, a conversation to be had with the politics and elections coming up. So, Oh, yeah. That's going to be a good one. Get, but that, get that one down. I yeah. Think we can definitely get that one in. I think definitely, like, I think we went into a good amount of things um, as far as, you know, the that bill that we were talking about and, and the sex trafficking part and just trafficking in general. But I think definitely there is that second part that we can go into and because there's a lot to be said. Yep. You know, still, at least on that part of it, yeah. we can go into Hollywood. We can go into more like the pedophilia and a lot of a lot of that. So if you guys are definitely open yeah. to that, I think we can definitely touch uh, on that. I think that would be a little bit more of a fun one. This one felt a little bit more uh, sober or somber. Um, yeah. Somber. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck on this National Center for Missing and Exploited Children website, missingkids.org. And it has stats for both missing children and exploited children and it's uh pretty unbelievable if anyone's curious to look at the numbers and this is all based on 2019 so it's pretty uh yeah the numbers are pretty crazy i bet right yeah it's that that, this is pretty heavy (laughs) say the least so yeah and i mean just lastly um just to i guess just throw this information out there is a number that people can call either to connect with like specific services or to report um, to report like something that you've seen. And um, this is for human trafficking. So it's going to be 888-373-7888. And you can also text to 233733. So just wanted to throw that out there and just in case, you know. Good info. Yeah, good looking out on that. Um, obviously, if anyone would like to perhaps join us for a future conversation, that'd be great. Um, thank you, Jesus, and the Rugged Gospel. Um, this is a fun crossover. I forget uh, the the name of our podcast now. <laughs> Gabriel and Lee at the Gabriel Crossroads. Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads and Jesus with the Rugged Gospel. A nice little crossover just to discuss some pretty heavy topics and just kind of, you know, illuminate and highlight and share the information and at least pass it have forward. a, con- yeah, pass it forward, have yeah. a conversation and at least m- people will be more aware and, you know, you make your decisions and you have, you come up with your own opinions, but I guess yeah. this is just for us, um, just to share what our thoughts are. Definitely. I think it was, a I think it was a, a lot of good information and, um, Again, guys, thank you for the the crossover. It was a good time. It's always a good time here at the crossroads. For sure. So thanks for having me again here with you guys. Anytime. All right. We'll see everyone next time. Good night. Night, guys. <laughs>